Westbrook to James at the elbow. James turns. The crowd wants it. James free throw line. James fade. Jumper. Good! LeBron James. A record that had stood for almost four decades. Now belongs to the King. 38,389 points and climbing. And with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here in attendance to pass the baton, LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time scoring king. Live from Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on the 215 and Rainbow. Here we go. Another day on Radio Row. It's been a good one. Lots of good conversations coming up. Lots of good guests booked. Willie Ramirez is back in the Finley Toyota Studios along with Ari. All the coverage is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas. Also, Spearman Rhino. William, how are you? Steven, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Actually, the Dana White interview we did yesterday, right before we started, uh, he looked right at me. He's like, Stephen Cofield. I was like, oh, no. Oh, boy. Only other person aside from you who calls me Stephen is mom. And it's very rare. Very rare. Well, it's only probably when you're in trouble. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I think Dana White said it. He's like, I have a long memory, my friend. But very productive conversation yesterday about the Power Slap League. That's all over social media. So uh, go check that out. ESPN Las Vegas at Steve Cofield. So coming in, Willie, oh, my God, two out of three days. Are we going to let basketball steal the beginning of the show, steal the headlines <laughs> while we're at the Super Bowl? Leave yeah, why not? That's you know the what? story. Hey, there are two goats that are definitely trying to steal the headlines from the Super Bowl. We've had Tom Brady retire, and we've had LeBron James set some record or something. <laughs> some record or something. Please don't tell me you're not into this. No, I am. I, I have complete respect and uh, admiration for what he pulled off. It's amazing. Kidding yeah. me? I mean, I think it's amazing. I also think LeBron is the most oddly covered mega star icon athlete that we've ever seen. Um, like, I just don't think there's many athletes who are hated on at times, especially for something like this. Now, as I brought up yesterday, actually Monday, we were talking to Arash Markazi, who's really good on L.A. topics, Mr. L.A., Mr. Vegas. You know, Kareem actually went through it a little bit, too. There were, you know, some... 60s big men, well, in particular, it would have been Will Chamberlain, but there were some people at the time who were like, ah, you know, Kareem is very good, but, you know, this is longevity. And um, I felt like not everyone wanted to jump in yesterday and last night on celebrating what LeBron did, which is simply freaking incredible, Willie, based on the fact that, yeah, there are longevity awards, and whatever longevity award you want to point to, whether it's Hank Aaron uh, or others, <laughs> Part of it is being a physical freak and breaking the mold on what normal careers run. 20-plus years in the NBA is insane. Yeah, it's insane. And, and, and I'm not, I don't know necessarily if I'm on board with, your, that, with you saying that he – what did you say? You didn't use the word polarizing, but in terms of sports presence that we've ever covered. Oh, I think he's, he's been covered the hardest of any superstar athlete in history. I don't even know how you can deny it with how aggressive we are and then all of the athletes and the fact that there are cameras everywhere. And we've got – I mean, we started the, the whole talking head thing. We invented what Skip and Shannon and Stephen A. do. That's us, right? right. Not the show, but that's us. Sports and you, need right. hot, okay. you need hot takes and you need to pick enemies. And 
LeBron has been covered with right. a fine-tooth comb, unlike any athlete in history. Okay, so I disagree, but it's a, that's a whole other topic. Who do you think, who do you think was covered in, in our era, more, in, more in, in our time, in our era, and I have to say because of social media, well, severely, see, here's, the, here's why I use that word, is because I think it, it makes sense in what you're saying, and it's a definitely a debatable topic, because I think with LeBron James, it's because of that, because he has probably, I wouldn't say just as many haters as he does, um, and not just fans, but people that admire him, even if you're a fan of LeBron or you're not. Um, it's just that he has a, lo a ton of haters as well. I mean, it might be 60-40, very close. But I think in terms of media and covering somebody yeah. aggressively, yeah. I I'm going to put Tiger Woods up there in the conversation simply because of his off-course uh, exploits and the criticism, but you know the chase for Jack Nicholas and everything that he does. But when you have a when you have somebody who you have garden variety sports fans that don't watch golf that say I'm not watching golf, I'm watching right. Tiger. Right. People will watch the NBA whether Le LeBron's playing or not. They're going to watch last night just to watch the record being broken. People that don't watch golf and could care less will watch golf because of Tiger Woods, and that's because of the news, the headlines, and everything that he brings with him. So okay. I think Tiger is probably the most arguable right there with him. That's okay. All. I'll also throw out that in his era, Muhammad Ali was covered as aggressively and severely sure. as any athlete in history. But now I'm going to go back to comparing Tiger and LeBron. What I should have added to LeBron is he's been covered the hardest and ripped to shreds by some people in spite of doing almost nothing wrong. Yes. Tiger Woods 100%. got covered yeah. hard yes. because we found out that he was a womanizer. In yeah. Vegas, we found out that he was a tipping louse. Right. LeBron has had almost no missteps, and still people have picked angles that's to right. crush him consistently. He, that's the other thing. He's been covered you know, pretty heavily since he's like 15, 14 years old. Right. And... Nope, you're right. He's almost been perfect. The decision was not good. He made some comments about, you know, I'll always be rich and you folks will be, you know, the, the plain people. But he's had very few mistakes. I don't blame the decision on him. I have a, my, my own father, my biological father, does does not like LeBron because of that specific show. Yep. And I've told him time and time again that he doesn't understand that that wasn't him. That was ESPN. That was, that was the mothership. That was... Dude, that was all planned around him. They, they, he didn't request all that. So I don't even hold that one against him. But outside okay. of that, you are spot on. This is a guy who you could put up there with the greats. Michael Jordan, right. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem. His off-court off exploits are 100% above board fantastic right. exploits from his uh, phil phil philanthropic I can't even say philanthropic it. philanthropic yep. efforts the schools he's created the school he's created in 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 his hometown what he's done for the areas in which he's played you don't hear anything about extramarital affairs he's 100% a family guy um, and he's all about his league and his players and his teammates. We hear nothing negative about LeBron James. And that, which I've said before, because I am a Jordan guy, I am a Kobe guy, I am, when it comes to the Laker greats, 
not necessarily a LeBron, you know, supporter in terms of that. I mean, no, he'll always be a Cavalier. But if you add up everything, sports figure, off the court, everything involved, this dude could go down as the GOAT for in terms of his entire persona and what he's done for an entire sports fan base on and off his playing surface. Talking about LeBron James setting the scoring record. Now here's the thing. As this conversation develops, you're giving food for thought. And when we say perfect, uh, we, we have to throw in, like Ali, Ali was disliked for a lot of reasons. It was also the 60s, so just the pigment of his skin uh, hurt his cause, and that still hurts LeBron's cause. Um, Muhammad Ali had causes, and that annoys people. So when we say there's no missteps, there are people who look at LeBron speaking up on certain issues and then not speaking up about China and the NBA. Uh, they look at that as negative. So he's given some ammo. Now, I may agree with most of his opinions on social justice, and, and uh, you know he certainly spoke up about bad police and abusive police. That, that drives people nuts, and um, he is, he's an interesting guy. When you bring him up in a crowd, it's, it's interesting to see how people react. Um, there are a lot of people in our age group of our skin pigment who do not like LeBron James, and you ask him to explain it, it's probably going to be political. And then there's stuff about him being whiny. Um, but anyone out there who, you know, who denies um, his, you know, who wants to fight on his physical prowess and the fact that he scored this much. And keep in mind, LeBron is also fourth all-time in assists, which, funny enough, at the beginning of his career, him deferring to others was actually used uh, to kind of, it was weaponized against him. So now he's the all-time leading scorer and he's fourth in assist. That says something pretty special about a guy as a basketball player. It's, uh, I mean, what right. he's what he's done, how many 20-point games has he had? Like thousands. Like it's, it's not a matter of how many he has, it's how many he hasn't. It's very minimal. I can't remember with the number, but it's it's pretty remarkable how many times he's he's hit the twenty point plateau? Say it again, Willie. I'm sorry. How many times LeBron James has scored twenty points as a game? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. is is phenomenal. Oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. I'm sorry. I thought you. Someone was running at me. Uh, I thought you were asking a question. All right. Mount Rushmore for the Lakers. This is interesting because Lakers fans are very split on LeBron. They got the Lakers, or he got the Lakers a title. Who are your top? You're looking for four, right? That's Rushmore. Yes. Who are your four? I I, I have to. I, well, I have here? to give a disclaimer because <laughs> I, got on here. I have to give a disclaimer because my Mount Rushmore has to be while I was alive. Oh, uh, okay. You didn't say that part. Yeah. No. For me. Um, so no Elgin I, Baylor. I'm not. A, yeah. A I'm not a basketball historian, so I don't. The, the so, logo is not included on Willie's list. Right. So West and Baylor would not be on there, and yeah. it would be Kareem Magic. Is this the order, too? I know there's no, not an order there's on no, there is no order on the Rushmore. All right, okay. Everything's rankings. We're just so top four, top not four. in order, not in order. Okay. I guess you know what? I guess the logo could probably be there, but wait it, a second. Now you're hemming and hawing on your well, on your list. Well, you're gonna go Kobe, Magic, mm-hmm. Kareem. Yep. Oh. Oh. La. No, it's not, I'm not putting LeBron on there. I don't consider him a Laker. I'm gonna like, go. Like I'm gonna go. With, I would have to put the logo with those three. You are. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you change the rules back. I was gonna I go did. with La Shack. 
Oh, I'm sorry. That is the fourth. I knew what I <laughs> was. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. When I sent it over, that was the that was the fourth. And I'm, in my head, I'm going, who the heck was the fourth? Because I know that there was a fourth dominant person. That's exactly who it was. It was Shaquille O'Neal. My apologies. Uh, that's exactly because I knew that I couldn't put West on there for a reason. Because I was like, I never really saw. I saw Shaq and Kobe dominate. I saw Magic and Kareem dominate. Those are my. That's my Mount Rushmore. My apologies. That's right. Were you were you surprised that LeBron didn't try to play this out and steal the end of Super Bowl week by not scoring enough? No. <laughs> there was a narrative out there that oh, he yeah. was going to wait until Thursday yeah. to do it uh, against Milwaukee <laughs> in L.A. Again, so that way the two teams involved were Kareem's two. Oh, and he would do it by Skyhook. Stop it. Jeez. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Even my... Uh, AP colleague Greg Beecham even said, you know, there were a lot of people in for this particular game. Hotel rooms. A lot of people came in for this specific game. There was no shot he was going to make it to into the 30s and then just kind of start a barrage of assists. It, it's, it's bad enough, I, and now I'm going to go negative, it's bad enough that they lost this game and the whole storyline got lost Hello, they still lost, and right. and you know, and they're, they're supposed to be vying for playoff bid. But can you imagine if he just lays off and they lose? I mean, they're supposed to be trying to win a game. Right. The whole thing was about trying to get LeBron to they, break the record. They seem to lose focus because yeah, right. right then it was a run by OKC, and then it was just kind of nonsense at the end as they were trading uh, twos and, and free throws. Uh, giveaway time, Willie. Give the audience some tickets to go see the Vegas Golden Knights playing Tampa two Saturdays from now, the 18th, 7 o'clock start. You can grab your tickets at AXS.com, AXS.com. But Ari's going to hook up. Ticket window is open. Two tickets to see the Knights against the the franchise in the NHL, Tampa Bay. AXS.com is where you can get your tickets. 364-1100, caller 7. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearmint Rhino. Hanging at Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company. Back here at ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Mike Golick, senior. Yes, right. I have so to do that now. Isn't that amazing? My weird. kids, you know, <laughs> knocking kind of uh, into my area, though. I got to keep him down a little bit, but boy, he talks a lot. I can't even get a word in with him. What, yes. what, are you, what are your strongest bachelor takes, though? Because that's always his strongest. It's <laughs> unreal, isn't it, how he live tweets that? I watch that every week because my, my wife watches it, my daughter watches it, so I kind of get sucked into it to watch it as well, and I, I just can't deal with the drama on there. I, I just have such a tough time with all that. It just, it's just brutal. And the more drama from, from somebody, you know they're going to stay on the show because they want more drama. I just I have a tough time with it, but, man, Mike loves it. Wait, more drama on The Bachelor than the NFL? The NFL yes. is drama all the time. Yes, there is so much drama in The Bachelor. Well, when you're all, if all 32 teams were in one house, maybe it would be more right. drama than The Bachelor where they're all in one house. That's a good show. Mike, tell us what's going on with Westwood One because we carry you guys. We're going to be carrying the game. So I, uh, I was doing games all year up in the booth, me and Ryan Radke on Sunday nights. We did whatever the NBC, we did Sunday night games. And now for the second year, I'm going to be on the sideline. It'll be... Uh, uh, 
Kurt Warner and Kevin Harlan in the booth and myself and Laura Oakman on the sideline. She's the pro on the sideline. Yeah. They want me to be an analyst on the sideline, so I kind of communicate a lot with Kurt during the game on what I'm seeing down there from an X's and O's standpoint, what's going on on the sideline. So I, I, I really dig it. It's a, I, For all my years at ESPN, I think it's my 26th Super Bowl, I never have stayed for the game, never wanted to. Yeah. Um, always left on Saturday, but now last year and this year would be the first two I'm working, so I'd love staying for them when I'm working them. Mike Olick with us. I actually do sidelines for our local team, UNLV, mm-hmm. and I didn't play football. Um, but, man, being on the sidelines, what a view yeah, of the is. game. It's intense. You get it all there. You get all the emotion there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Got to be careful how close you get sometimes. Tons of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a residence in South Bend? I do. Okay. I, I'm there six months out of the year, May to November, uh, okay. right by campus, and then a place out here in Arizona. I go from November to May, so, so my, I don't uh, shovel snow anymore. There you go. My uh, my UNLV boss, I think, was able to play golf with you oh, guys. Oh, yes, yes. Dan Dolby. Yes. And he said, man, it was a really cool experience. It and was. It, and the weather. And it was. At that time of year, was unreal. It October. was. It was very, very lucky. for that. It was a little chilly, but still, for October, there could have been three feet of snow on the ground, and there wasn't, luckily. Very nice. What do you think of what's going on with Notre Dame right now? Well, uh, I haven't I mean, seen anything today if they hired Byron Leftwich, but that's kind of crazy that Tommy Reese moved on. A lot right. of Notre Dame fans were complaining about Tommy Reese, and then Nick Saban's like, these, I'll take him. These Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans, I mean, complaining. Tommy's working with a backup quarterback who struggles to throw the ball and one real target in Michael Mayer. I mean, how are you? it's very difficult to game plan. You're trying to ride your old line and the running backs, and the old line took a little while to kind of gel together as well. I love Tommy, and obviously Nick Saban does, so I, I think it says a lot about Tommy if Nick's going to hire you. Um, and so I know, Marcus, we were actually supposed to have an event here that Marcus was going to be at for, for Domers, uh, but he's now got to hire an OC. So that's what he's doing this week, interviewing guys and that and the such. And you got Sam Hartman in, the transfer from Wake Forest, 75 touchdowns the last two years. So Notre Dame will have a quarterback that can throw the ball now. Um, so now it's just a matter of fact, uh, finding an OC because Notre Dame is still going to want to run the ball. They have a really good old line. They got a stable of running backs and you want to mix in the pass. So you got to find that offensive coordinator that's going to kind of gel that way. You mentioned uh, Michael Mayer. I think he's still open when he's in Vegas. Like nobody could cover that kid. When <laughs> I BYU. could not believe how BYU was covering him. I'm, I'm in the stands going, what are they doing? I mean, they're just just telling Notre Dame quarterback throw it to Mayer every time. Just it I was stunning how they were weren't covering him. And that was obviously an NFL stadium with the Raiders uh, stadium yeah. out there in Vegas. How good is he going to be at the next level? He looked awesome when I he's, saw him. Listen, he's phenomenal. I think I think like it's so interesting. I mean, my wife talk about this all the time. When you see college players, especially like linemen, they're they're bigger and they get to the NFL and they trim down a little bit because the athleticism by everybody in the NFL is so much better. So I actually think Michael Mayer will probably drop five to eight, ten pounds at the most, Get a, a drop a little weight to try and add maybe a, uh, or take off a couple of tents on the 40 to be that middle of the field guy to kind of pull away a little bit. He can catch the ball being covered, but I'm sure teams would maybe would like just a hair more speed as well to get a little more separation at the t- next level. It's a little more difficult with separation, so I think he's going to be a stud. He blocks so much 
much better, thanks to Harry Heastan, the O-line coach who came back to Notre Dame and worked with him. But I love Michael Mayer, and I think he's going to be a stud. So a couple of stud tight ends coming up in this game on yes. Sunday. Uh, so Travis, Travis Kelsey, uh, Dallas Goddard, both really, really good. How much of an impact do you think they play in this game? Well, you look at Philly and their defense. We talk about that pass rush. You talk about two great corners as well. Where they can be susceptible is the run. So you look at an Isaiah Pacheco, you know, will he have some success? And then a guy like Jared McKinnon catching the ball in the backfield. But where else Philly may be a little bit susceptible is the middle of the field. That's Travis Kelsey area. Yeah. You know, a guy who's walking into the Hall of Fame. So it always amazes me. There's certain guys, Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. You know they're going to get thrown the ball. They throw the ball to him anyway, and they catch it. So, I mean, it's just when you've reached the highest level of your profession and you still are so much better than everybody else, it's incredible. And that's where Travis Kelsey is. Mike Golick with us. He's going to be working the sidelines for the Super Bowl. You can hear the game right here on ESPN Las Vegas through uh, Westwood 1. That'll be after Willie Ramirez does his big Super Bowl show from Superbook. So... Going back to your Eagles teams, before we talk about the uh, the modern version, you have connections to Vegas there with Randall Cunningham. Yes, yeah, yeah, Randall. Which we love talking Randall. <clears throat> well, let me tell people you. From, pe- people from that era know what Randall was. I don't think people now appreciate the greatness of Randall Cunningham seeing, and the tools. Seeing what Randall, in that, the year we really thought, because we had the best defense for a few years in a row, and we thought 91 was going to be the year we'd put it together because the one thing about you know the buddy ryan if you play defense you love playing for buddy ryan but buddy unfortunately didn't do a ton for the offensive side of the ball but we had randall cunningham in 91 we thought was our year we opened up with green bay and bryce pop caught him low and blew his knee out we were like no way that just happened and we thought you got to be kidding me what what we see out of quarterbacks today guys that can throw and guys that can run i mean that was randall i mean to a his athletic ability was incredible of what he did. So, yeah, watching what he did in Philly, then going on to, to Minnesota, uh, it, he was he was incredible. The gun that he had, he could throw the ball in the way he could move. Scariest guy to defend. Yeah. I remember the Carl Banks trying to hit him as he was oh, going to the end zone. No, we like, called him Gumby on that yeah, one. Yeah, man. that was unreal. <laughs> yeah. All right, so who are you picking? I can't. I'm on the broadcast booth. I mean, I, I'm on the broadcast team. I, I'm, I'm going to be on the field. It would be very bad because I'm still going to both practices for me to pick one team and then go visit with the other team and they'll be like, why are you here? You pick the other team. Get out of here. I don't I don't want to take any I don't want to <laughs> yeah, take these it. large men off. I got one last question for you. Yeah. Adam and I have been doing a show together for a long time. You did a show together with uh, Greeny for a yep. long time. Don't deep dive on this, but I want you to explain to the audience just how hard it is. Like you see someone every day. Every day. It's tough. It's tough to stick together. Every day. Every day. Because I'm sure you guys act friendly but then hate each other at times. Mostly. Yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> You know what? I, I, I do it the way uh, I do my marriage with my wife. We don't go to bed angry. Greeny and I had our, our, our differences of opinions, but when the show was over, it was yeah. over. You know, nothing nothing ever carried on past that at all. So that's it was kind of like the work marriage thing. There you go. Well, thanks for the time. I appreciate <laughs> no it. Problem. We're looking forward to hearing you on Sunday. Sounds good. Thanks. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearman Rhino and Subaru of Las Vegas. Reminder, big game party going down at the Rhino. Doors open at noon. Free cover for locals. How many parties can you go to on Sunday that are absolutely free? 
free cover for locals. Big game party, Spearman Rhino. $100 bottles, prize giveaways, liquor and beer specials, and a free food buffet. So they are treating you right. A lot of NBA today, Willie. A lot of NBA. A lot of football conversation. By the way, Adam Hill is going to hop in and out of the show as uh, he's doing some writing. He's down here with me, Willie Ramirez, in the Finley Toyota studio. So is Ari putting together uh, today's show. We got uh, more cool guest spots coming up. We got Jim McMahon and Kyle Turley booked for the 4 o'clock hour. Also, interesting story with uh, Dominic Riola, who played in the NFL, and now his son, a junior-to-be, is the number one quarterback in that class. So a lot of NIL talk on that one. And also later, Justin Watkins in, so we'll talk some more NIL with Justin Watkins. But another good legal story, Willie, that we'll get to with Justin is this weird stuff with John Morant and the laser what do you know about the story? It's very weird. Um, so the Indiana Pacers, it sounds like they felt threatened, like they were in grave danger, quote-unquote grave danger, uh, to quote Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. Is there any other kind? Um, but the NBA couldn't corroborate a claim that John Morant's entourage pointed a gun laser, but... The uh, According to a report, acquaintances of Grizzly star John Morant aggressively confronted members of the Pacers' traveling party near the team's bus in the loading area of FedEx Forum. And later, someone in a slow-moving SUV, which Morant was riding in, trained a red laser on them. Now... That, that they go on to say that the involved members of the of Indiana's organization told uh, the outlet it was the athletic that we felt we were in grave danger. It's very weird. It's very odd. Um, I I don't know. I, I can't say. Obviously, I don't know John Morant. Um, if he would condone such that you know to be in a in a slow moving SUV and allow one of his entourage. To do such a thing. Now, am I calling the Pacers liars? No, because I, I don't know. But it is a very strange story. What I do know is that the NBA has come out and said that they couldn't corroborate the claim. And now um, the organization or the or, the Pacers have considered the investigation to be over. How would you take a laser pointed at you? What would you think of it? Well, I mean, all fun and games. <laughs> no, on. not fun and games. Considering yeah. I, I believe there was a there was some heated exchange. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, it there there are they're, they're alleging that it happened, but do they know that Morant was actually in a slow moving SUV? I can't imagine that John Morant's going to be an SUV that's not doesn't have tinted windows. I don't know. It just sounds very. Uh, I don't. So it's, it's going to be weird to tie this together with LeBron and the night he had last night. Um, because we're talking about John Moran, who's a great, great player, but obviously is having some troubles off the floor. And we saw what happened with LeBron last night. Nothing to this degree, but, you know, the team getting so amped up to uh, get LeBron in a position to break the all-time scoring record. And then the Lakers just fall apart. Um, I know you hear this narrative all the time that, what we're covering here, the Super Bowl, is about the team. When we talk NBA, it's about the player, not the team. (sighs) 
Uh-oh. I feel like... The Willie sigh. He's going to get annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I just feel like they're... they're I just feel right now that right now the, the storylines have become more about players and not teams. And, you know, it's in the stretch of the season where rarely do we talk about and, – and, and, and it all revolt. like, for instance, we're talking about, right, Kyrie Irving. What's Kyrie Irving? We're talking about Kevin Durant. Now what are we going to do with Kevin Durant? Uh, LeBron James breaking the scoring record. There's more – league storylines that have, have surrounded players than the teams themselves, the playoff races, what's best for the team. I just don't see it. It's what's best for the player. What's best, you know, they, there has to be a marriage there. And I just don't, I get the, the vibe when I hear some of these stories and you see some of these stories. I don't know if it's just this year or just catching on, but um, I don't know. Is this a bad vibe that I feel like this there, there's uh, it, and maybe it was because of last night, you know, the whole LeBron stopping the game, and I think they did the same thing with Kareem, right? They stopped the game for a minute to honor him, or in in last night's case, I believe it was nine minutes. Um, I I just think that there we have to get back to focusing on this home. Well, they got to get to the All Star break, and then the home stretch and the teams. I don't know how we do it. If that's if the media covers mostly and the fans are mostly interested in individuals, is it social media? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's always been leaning that way with the NBA. Um, in recent times, uh, we just went through an era with a, a super team that could emerge as a super team. Nah, probably not because of the Golden State injuries. But yeah, it's an interesting position for the NBA and the way it's covered. Giveaway time right now: three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Ellis Island has a great big game party. We've got two tickets to go to their general admission party, Ellis Island Barbecue. If you've been to that place, it is outstanding. All you can eat and drink. You can watch the big game uh, throughout both the Village Pub and Ellis Island Barbecue at Ellis Island. Not a bad seat in the house. Watch on the uh, giant TVs. Again, game day buffet and bar will be open the entire game. You can get more information on getting your own tickets at ellisisland.com. Check that, ellisislandcasino.com. But Ari's got a pair of tickets right now. What a freaking treat from Ellis Island. 364-1100, caller 7. Cofield and Company, live on Radio Row, is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow. Field and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. ESPN Las Vegas, and we got Devon Kennard with us here, football player. Also has another venture that we're going to get into. First thing you said when you sat down was Vegas. Vegas, Sin <laughs> City. Yes, sir. So what do you think? Are you I'm, a Vegas guy? Uh, hit and miss. I, I can't be in there for longer than 48 <laughs> hours. I The whole, like, don't sleep thing and drink all day thing is is a lot for me. So crazy. I go every maybe few years um, and get it in. But my wife's been trying to convince me to do like the more chill Vegas like go but the just the shows and so maybe I'll enjoy that a little bit more but I'm not a, I'm not like a party animal so when I'm going with my friends I'm like after the second day I'm out of here it's, it's tough man because you could say you're going to go for it's a chill weekend it's, it doesn't turn into a chill that's weekend a, that's man. what I try to tell my wife it's, <laughs> that's a weird one too though yeah. because I don't know, with the wife, you might want to tell her, man, Vegas is not your place. <laughs> Dean Martin actually sang, like, no one no one really hears it now. He actually had a song back in the day where he's like, if you bring your wife to Vegas, you're crazy. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he just openly, 
flaunted it, and I guess his wife was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm with Dean Martin, so I guess yeah, that's I, already, why I already let him drink and kind of do what he wants anyway. That's why every time my wife mentions it, I kind of like yeah, dodge yeah. it, like, <laughs> using my pass rush moves, like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that. What, what do you think of a, a team being in Vegas now? I mean, it's it's been a, kind of a wild ride to have them there. It's been a couple years now, but it's it's cool that there's NFL football in Vegas and the Super Bowl is there next year. I think that's outstanding. I I wonder what the fan base is, is li- like. Like, I feel like it's a lot of transient. Sure. Like, people coming in. It is. So, building a strong foundation of fan base <laughs> might be tough because I don't know if locals, if there's enough Dude, or if they it. care that much. You nailed it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be at least 10 years before the kids who are there are going to gravitate to the Raiders because yeah. the rest of us, like, you know, he's a transplant. I'm a transplant. We've both been there like 25, 30 years, but I'm not giving up my team. My team stinks. It's the Jets, but uh, they're getting better. But, you know, you just don't, you just don't move to a new team. So, it's going to take a while. And the games, I mean, you cover them every game. What was the best ratio of home field like advantage 60 40 that was the best 65 35 that was yeah. the best in favor of the Raiders there were other games where it was like 70 30 you know the Chiefs some of these teams come in and it sounds like a freaking home game but, for it, them. Doesn't, but it doesn't surprise me because it's a great place to visit like I've, I'm from Arizona and I've played in Arizona and Arizona has that issue to a degree but at least they've been here a long time so they do have a solid found foundation of fans actually here but there's still a lot of people who like to travel to Arizona because a lot of places are coming from cold cities yep. and so who wouldn't want to go to Vegas and and get get to tell their wives like, oh, I'm going to Vegas with the fellas for the game, and <laughs> sure. and and we were just talking about having a, a weekend in Vegas, and, and you know, surrounded it around a football game is a good way to go. Well, Super Bowl here is cool. Super Bowl next year in Vegas. What do you think that city's going to be like? Oh, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Uh, for a lot, me, a lot me, of players just hanging out there? Oh, yeah. Guys are going to be hanging out. I'm guessing they're going to uh, – the teams playing in it are going to be far away from the strip. <laughs> That's going to be yeah. my guess. And then every player who usually doesn't come, come to the Super Bowl is probably going to be trying to come to the Super Bowl in Vegas. So it, it'll be wild. So I'm going to set this up probably in clunky fashion. But I'm going to mention – he and I have been coming out to Super Bowls, especially in my case, since the mid-90s, him since the early 2000s. And I feel like a lot of the football players, and you're still a current player, but a lot of the football players, current and older guys, we just talk football, right? That's all we talk. This is a compliment. Guys are different now. Yeah. You guys are different now. Like, guys are playing football, but they had like, immediately a lot of them have an eye on, hey, what am I doing after this? Because my career could be three years. It could be, you know, and I need a job at 27, 28, 31. So you got something cool going on here. Yeah. By the way, look at this. Writer. Where's your book? Know. Where's your book? <laughs> Long time. You, you just won Nevada Sports Writer of the Year. Book uh, time. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's a small he, state. he hates it though. It's a small he state. Hates, he, he hates. <laughs> he hates getting pats on the back. So, what's going on? What do you got? Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I have a book that's being re- being released. You could pre-order it now. It's called "It All Adds Up: Designing Your Game Plan for Financial Success," and I've and it's a blueprint on how I feel like every athlete, but also it expands beyond that to any and everybody who could and should read this book. And if you're somebody who's interested in what it's like being in the NFL and a, and a look behind the curtain in the financial sense but also relatable advice that can impact and change your life, your family's life. That's what this book is for. And and my passion behind it is, you know, when I think about financial literacy and people who are teaching it, to be honest with you, it's older white guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and um, that's not always the demographic of football fans and people that I have the impact to, to get in touch with and to impact. And so I'm like, me being a professional athlete who has an intense desire and interest in financial literacy, I felt like it was my, a part of my responsibility to help bridge that gap and teach lessons to to 
everyone out there who might not receive it from someone else about what it's like being uh, to look at your life financially and the impact it could have if you change your perspective about your finances. Devon Kennard is with us. Uh, current NFL player has been with the Giants, the Lions, the Cardinals, most recently with the Ravens. The book is It All Adds Up, Designing Your Game Plan for Financial Success. I'm glad you're really honest, brutally honest, at the beginning of that saying, you know, you, you need to trust people. It's, it's, you know, for all of us, it's our money and it's scary. Like I, I'm, I'm still afraid to trust certain people. I'm sure I know Adam is, <laughs> it's a bit, no, it, it is the trust part of it is a big deal. Right. And, but I think tr- with, with trust comes the, the concept that you got to kind of start to learn. And so many people, I think your financial well-being impacts your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. But people don't recognize that. And, you know, a good a good example physically is the concept of there's so many people who don't go to the doctor because they don't want to worry about those doctor bills. So if you're in a financial standpoint where you you aren't worried about that, so you're getting checked checked yeah. on, that can greatly impact your physical well-being. So that's, that's just an example of taking care of yourself financially and the impact it could have on so many different facets of your life. So the knowledge behind it, taking it serious, taking it just as serious as your physical health, take it just as serious as your mental health, your family, all of it matters. But so many people are like, I don't make enough or I'm not going to do it. So they just ignore it. There's no ignoring it. It's happening. And the concept of you're either getting better or you're getting worse, you never stay the same. So if you're ignoring your financial life, it's something, either or is still happening. So you're most likely getting worse. When did you you start to get into this, to learn about it, to, to be able to share it? Um, really, it's been a, a journey since college, but my motivation behind it was my dad played 13 years in the NFL, won a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys, and I got to see what life after the NFL looks like for my dad, but also all of his old teammates. And it started to make me think, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want to be doing? What like? And I wanted to use football as a springboard because the life I wanted wasn't going to be just for the time period I played. I wanted to live that way for, you know, generations and to impact, you know, future generations. So that mindset kind of stuck with me at a young age. And then it was more so like, how do I do it? What do I pursue? How do, how do I handle this? And it's a real challenge. Like people talk about how do football players go broke? Well, if you're making millions of dollars and then it stops abruptly and you bought a house and you got six, seven K in mortgage and you have, um, you have a car, car payment. That's a thousand dollars. And you bought your mom a house cause yeah. she lived in the hood. So you got her out the hood and that's a couple thousand. So before you know it, you haven't spent anything and you're spending 10 plus thousand dollars a month in bills and people are asking, how can you go broke? That's, that's how. So, you know, creating passive income streams and mailbox money to where when you're done playing, you have enough revenue coming in to sustain the lifestyle that you set. That's what all athletes need to look at, but bringing it to everyday people who wouldn't want to have income coming in outside of their day job? Investing in things, certain, uh, one thing I bring up a lot is like, if I'd never played in the NFL, I would have house hacked. And people ask what's house hacking? You, you buy a house or you buy a duplex or a small multifamily. You live in one and you rent out the rest. If it's a single family house, you rent out the other, other bedrooms. If you're fresh out of college um, or a couple years out of college and you're not married yet, why can't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Now you got somebody else paying your mortgage. So everybody's, you typically, everybody's biggest expense is your mortgage. So if you're eliminating your mortgage payment, now you're putting yourself in a position where you can save more money and do other things. So, you know, that's, that's a passion of mine, as, as you can see. So we've had your dad on before because he's pretty good buddies with Mark McMillan, who played on the Eagles, and they have the Eagles-Cowboy rivalry. 
It, are you taller than your dad? Yes, I'm taller okay, than him. Not dad, bigger than him, yeah, but I'm taller. Well, I was going to say your dad's listed at six three. Your dad went to uh, Reno, so we're oh, that's on a, we're he's, you said he's listed at six three. Oh, he is listed on Wiki at six three. What do you think? Cap. Six, six, six one. one. Yeah. That's cat. That, that's cat. I'm six three. So he's he six have, one. Did he ever push you to be an O lineman? I mean, you're, what are you carrying? How much? Uh, I'm like two fifty five. So no, oh, no Wiki, Wiki at two fifty six. Um, did he never push you? Like, were you big and like? If he if he thought you could carry two ninety, right? No, nah, he like the, you ever the, the interesting. So line? people people always ask me like, how much did I even want my dad to coach me and stuff? Yeah. He coached me one year, um, and he was so hard on me. Yeah. Like I I told I came home and I told him I didn't never wanted him to, to coach me again. So my dad was just a fan, like you know, in the back being <laughs> being a huge fan. But um, you know, he would he would talk about O line. But I have an older brother, and we both were on the defensive side of the ball. I'm like I like hitting people i guess o-line hits people too but like nah he, he got he got that we always have a, a conversation to like like um who would win on one-on-ones me or my dad and i'm like dad you you slow feet slow feet don't eat <laughs> slow feet don't eat dad come on devon Kennard, the book is it all adds up you're designing your game plan for financial success before we get you out of here we got to talk about the game so super bowl coming up a lot of our conversations on this show have been about the trenches especially the o-lines the Eagles D-line and defense is ridiculous, you know, 70-plus sacks. So mm -hmm. what do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, that's, that's a huge point that I've, I've brought up as well. And when I look at the two teams, I can't help but want to go for Philly because they're running the ball well, controlling the clock, and defensively they are getting after the quarterback. Um, I don't think Philly's defense as far as run stopping is that great, but I don't know that Kansas City is a great – run offense anyways but pass wise they do have corners that can cover in Darius Slay and Bradbury and they got they got four dogs up front that, that can hunt um, and a rotation so but on the other side of the ball I think it's really important I forget that rookie 56 Ka Kafkis or I, I can't remember the DN's name Karlofkis um, and then Frank Clark and obviously Chris Jones in the inside they need to put they need to put pressure on Jalen Hurts but be Beyond just like pressure and getting sacks, because let's not get it twisted. They got to go against guys like Lane Johnson, and he's a he's a monster. Hardly giving up any sacks. I don't know if he gave up one this year, but at least collapsing the pocket, not letting Jalen extend plays and and be Jalen running running uh, with the football when his first look's not there. Uh, I think that's going to be in a, an important matchup, and if it's a close. If it's a close game, I like Philly. If they let it become a shootout, it might be a blowout in favor of Kansas City. So, Last one, final, um, final question for you. Give us the inside scoop. Can we get Lamar Jackson to Vegas or to the Jets? I know you still want to play, so, yeah. so tread carefully here. Yeah, tread lightly. I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine Baltimore letting them go letting him go they shouldn't I, it's, it's I, can't, not Lamar. I mean if Lamar is like I will not play here yeah and pushes it I yeah I can't I can't imagine they will they should they should pay him but I mean either team either team would should go after him if, if he does does leave like you got I I have a hard time believing the the Raiders will just because uh McDaniels I, I just don't uh, see that being a great fit right. offensively so that doesn't seem like that great of a fit the but Jets the Jets are so desperate uh, I'm over 50. 
the Jets have not had a franchise quarterback, like a real franchise quarterback, who yeah. lasted more than three years. I mean, we're talking 45 years since Joe Namath. Yeah, that's crazy. They're so desperate for so quarterbacks. I, I, think, I think that could make I think I could see that because then I don't know who their offensive coordinator is, but they're probably not married to him. Um, well, Nathaniel Hackett. Now, they got right? rid of him. Hackett from the Broncos and the Packers came over. Oh, wait a second! <laughs> Settle down. Oh, come on! Uh, I, I want to go. I want to go back. To, I want to go back to you. Uh, positive gestures there. <laughs> he just stopped. I know. I do. I do want to go back to the point though, because I agree with you. Josh McDaniels' offense and Lamar Jackson do not fit. But guess what? You make it fit. If Lamar Jackson's available, yeah. you make it fit. That so, dude does not so, come around. So, off every, so everything he's done his entire you the make entire it career. Fit. Those dudes do not come along often. No, I, I don't disagree happen. with you, but yeah. that's hard to that's hard to fit a uh, fit a square into a circle. <laughs> Head coach flexibility, <laughs> you know, he's got to be flexible. McDaniel's has to show flexibility. He did, he did with Cam a little bit. He had Cam Newton a little, you know, for a little while. That was out of necessity. I know. That was out of necessity, given the quarterback situation. I mean, should they? Yeah, I, I just if I had to say it, I don't think he, I don't think he would. I think he wants, I think he wants a facilitator. Um, you know, that's not going to take a lot of big risk. I yeah. feel like that's something that McDaniel, from my experience of watching the Patriots all the years and what they liked and Tom Brady and and guys like that. And um, I, yeah, I don't see them straying too far. I'll give you a game plan for financial success. Don't do this. Radio, <laughs> probably do TV. You're you're well equipped to do the to do TV or radio. Very really good, but yeah. After all the financial talk, I was like, this guy's gonna be super rich. Yeah, broadcasting is not the way. Not the route. That's what you're looking for. Not not your goal. But uh, thanks for the time, man. No, and, I and appreciate it, guys. Book. I had a blast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G Ramirez, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co.